0: Today is the feast day of St. Michael and all angels. It is very common for churches to celebrate their patronal feast day whenever it occurs. And today it's actually on this day. And so we get to hear this excellent story from Revelation, the story around which we get this idea of Michael and the angels. It is dramatic and it is fantastic with Michael casting out the great dragon from heaven onto the earth. Now this story can go in many different directions, but the verse that sort of sticks out to me is verse 12, excuse me, verse 12 out of the revelation story we just heard says, rejoice then you heavens and those who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you. Now, we have focused a good bit on Revelation here in our sermon series that we did a few months ago. And so I want you to kind of go back and listen to that because Revelation is important to understand. And, you know, I've always kind of wanted to be a fire and brimstone preacher. I know, this seems to lend itself to fire and brimstone really well. And although I've secretly wanted to be a fire and brimstone preacher, I just really am not. But this verse struck me in a very particular way because I feel like there is a battle all around us. There is a battle for our souls pulling us between good and evil. And we are caught in the middle and it is dangerous. And we may lose if we are not careful. Did that feel fire and brimstone to you? Is that good? No, I just can't pull it off. But truthfully, There is this tug between good and evil. We are sort of caught in this place where we feel pulled in both directions. We want to do the good and follow the good and be the good, but we are often tempted toward what isn't as good as we want. What God doesn't really hope for us. We are caught in the middle of that tug. And although we may not always think so, That good is all around us, all around us for us to see if we simply know how to find it. Which brings me to today's gospel lesson. In today's gospel lesson, at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus goes and begins to call his disciples. Just before the passage we heard, Jesus called Philip. Excuse me, I'm all choked up from the dragon being thrown down to earth. Just before the passage we heard in the Gospel lesson, Jesus goes and calls Philip to be his disciple. And so Philip, filled with all this excitement, goes and begins to tell his friends. One of his friends is Nathaniel. And so Philip goes and tells Nathaniel just the verses right before the passage we heard that he has met a guy who fulfills every bit of the prophecies of the Old Testament, fulfills God's promises. And Nathanael says, well who is this guy? And he says, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Nathanael begins his story in Scripture being a little cheeky. And then we get the story that we hear today, where Jesus comes to Nathanael and Jesus says, hey, Nathanael. And Nathanael says, how do you know me? And he said, well, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. And Nathanael says, you are the son of God. Now, excuse me, (laughs) Philip tells him that he's met this guy who fulfills all the prophecies and Philip is dramatic and expressive and Nathanael responds with this cheeky cynicism. Jesus, however, says he saw him under a tree and Nathanael says, you are the son of God and the king of Israel. That seems ridiculously extravagant for a guy who had been so cheeky only moments before. So then what's happening here? In mean, the way I read this story, Nathaniel has seen something in Jesus. Obviously, Jesus didn't say anything profound to him. So it was a feeling. It was a sense. There was a hint of something big behind those words, a feeling that he had in Jesus's presence that what he saw is not all there is. And Nathaniel's response was so guttural, he couldn't help himself but gush over this feeling and the experience that he had with this stranger. Nathaniel beholds that hint of God's grace and he chooses to follow Jesus. Now, Nathaniel wasn't really looking at first, but his attention was called up. And once Jesus had his attention, Nathaniel knew what to do. You know, we've all been, I think most of us, been tracking little moments of grace over the last month with our little grace journals. And many people have stopped me to tell me about their experience of grace, but I want you to know what kind of bore this idea out. When I was first a priest back in Alabama, I joined what we called a reunion group. There was a weekend experience that we had called Curcio. Many of you know that. And Curcio was just an immersive weekend where you got to sing and pray and talk and think. And afterwards, assuming you had a good experience... You would join a small group in order to revisit and relive and actually try and work out this change that took place over that weekend. And this reunion group followed a typical little liturgy. There were a few questions that were asked of everyone in the small group each week. The first week I came to this reunion group, one of the questions that the Little Liturgy asks, which by the way, I could have known about ahead of time, but I did not prepare for this meeting. And so I sit down and one of the guys says, let's all go around the circle and tell each other our moment closest to Christ this week. So they start and I think to myself, moments closest to Christ. I I couldn't think of one. And it gets to me and I had to say, I really, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. And let me tell you something, not having an answer to your moment closest with Christ when you are the priest in the circle, <laughs> that is not impressing anybody. And so I left that meeting so annoyed that I said, I am going to have a hundred moments of Christ next week. And so I started looking all the time, and I had this long list. And so when I came next week, I was like, I got it. Ready? I have my moment closest to Christ, and my second moment, and my third moment. I was ready. (laughs) And as the weeks went on, what I found was every day, I was looking for these moments. They were happening anyway before that. But I wasn't looking for them. And just by looking... Just by wanting to be able to tell a friend what that moment was, I found over weeks and months and even years, I actually changed. I became a different person. I started looking for things in the world, finding God in unexpected places, and it changed me for good. And in a way, that's what I hope many of you have been doing with these journals. In fact, some people have written to me, and here are a few comments that I've received. One person wrote to me and said, Grace is all around me, but I've never called it by that name before, and that alone has been transformative. Another person wrote and said, I was stuck at home recovering from an illness, and a friend came in to check on me, and the visit was nice, and I thought it was pretty normal, until I saw the grace journal on my side table and realized that the gift of her visit was actually a moment of grace from God, and I was so grateful in a totally new way. See, when we begin to look for what God is doing, when we begin to become aware of God's activity all around us, we begin to change for good. Now, as we enter October, we are actually shifting our little journaling to not only identify moments of grace, but now I want you all to shift toward being grateful for that grace. Gratitude is powerful. When we become people who are grateful for what we have, grateful for the blessings that we have received, we will actually change the way we see the world. The world can be scary. The world can worry us and stress us out and cause us anxiety unless we see the good unless we see God's grace and we are grateful. Becoming grateful for what God is doing for each one of us, through each one of us, every single day, multiple times a day, is the kind of behavior that begins to change us for good. As we finish up this September of grace, we are moving into a season of gratitude. As we shift into October, I encourage you to not only just note those moments, but note why you are grateful for those moments. By looking for what God is doing in our lives, and by actually writing it down, maybe even telling someone, we will actually begin to change ourselves from the inside out. I hope, I hope that we will all be grateful for those small, extraordinary moments of grace. And I hope that we will be confident to respond to those small moments of grace with ridiculous extravagance, because God loves us just like that. Amen.